0: what's going on ladies and gentlemen and thank you for joining me again on another episode of the canoe creative spotlight where we interview the amazing creators from around the world and bring them straight to you as always i'm your boy chris your host and person bringing these amazing people straight to you and today we are talking to my boy alberto a fellow bloomfield college alumni he is a mixing and mastering engineer with credits spanning across major acts in music film and television he has graced us with his presence today and we are super grateful alberto thank you for joining me today
1: Thanks for inviting me. Glad of course, man.
0: Of course. I am so grateful to have you here today on the show. A lot of great things that we can talk about. But before I do anything, I always like to give my audience a little bit more of an in-depth uh, view of the person we're okay. talking to. So please let our audience know who you are, where you're from, and what you do.
1: Cool. Well, I'm from Mexico City. Um, I live in Austin, Texas now, but I'm a mixing and mastering engineer. I do all sorts of stuff from rock, TV shows, movies, soundtracks. Yeah. You name it.
0: Yeah, man, you, you've you been um, really, you know, grinding really hard for the last couple of years, man. It's been such a pleasure to watch you grow and watch your platform grow. Alberto Thanks. Mixes is thriving, and I've seen the great things you have done um, from Machine Shop and all the way through to Texas, where you are now. Uh, we're speaking to you in your home studio right now, where you do most yeah. of your work, right?
1: Yeah, basically, whenever I moved here, I bought a house, and uh, I was able to turn the second story of the house into a studio. So it's, it it was, you know, it's like a whole living room area. I have another room full with cabs and there's mics over there for, for guitar and bass tracking mostly.
0: Nice. Is it like, uh, is it completely put together at this point? Are you still working on it? Like how far along is it?
1: It is pretty put together right now. Um, it definitely took a couple of years to figure out the space. There was so much that I had to get involved in. Um, I went through a couple of acousticians, um, you know, I have one friend that was helping me out, Mark Genfen, who is an incredible um, acoustician. But unfortunately, he passed away in the middle of it. And I was just going through some friends, and eventually, I ended up getting the guys from uh, Geek Acoustics
0: to oh, just okay.
1: measure everything, give me some, you know, some good recommendations, the bass traps that I had on the corner from them, but everything else I built myself basically.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, I had to kind of just kind of educate myself on just certain ways to kind of do a basic uh, room treatment here. So, you know, right. I kind of did like, you know, the uh, filter sweeping and white noise and kind of saw where some of the base buildup was when I was doing right. mine. But I know I could tell just from looking, yours is way more in-depth than mine. I can imagine what that room sounds like.
1: Man, it's insane the amount of, um, what's it called, of insulation that's in here. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, Even if yeah. I show you, I can yeah. tell you, I can show you my... Like that. Oh, yeah. 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 There.
0: I have one, I have one over me as well. <laughs> but much well, smaller.
1: That is 10 inches deep. Holy
0: <laughs> cow, are you serious?
1: Yeah. There's wow. so much in here, it's ridiculous. But it sounds incredible though. I'm, I'm
0: sure. I'm sure. How big have. is the room? How what's the square footage?
1: Um so I know I have about twenty-four feet going back mm-hmm. by maybe fifteen or sixteen. But, um, it's where I kind of cut it in half here. Let me just spin you around. So I cut it in half with this oh, panel. Awesome. I have some tubes. Mm-hmm. So I have about half a room back there, but this is where, you know, making this back wall and making that diffuser like definitely help and tied everything up. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because I've been mastering more. I like the room to be very dead, so I yeah. can really see what's happening. Um, so, yeah, that definitely you know made a huge difference and it's kind of cool too because it separates it I have a little couch and hangout area in that corner so it made it where you know if you want to just have a minute sit back there i can move these. these panels are on wheels so i can open them up and like we can listen to music from back there if we're just jamming and you know when it's time to get serious i can just Kind of close
0: it back up and make it super tight again. For sure. For sure. I mean, dude, having a space like that in your home, um, it's a blessing and a curse sometimes because I used to find that when I used to intern and work in studios, it was kind of a benefit that I can kind of turn it off when I needed to. And right. now that I have it in my house, it sometimes feels like it's always with me, which is a good thing. But it like, you know, my wife will just be like, well, we chill and I'll get like some inspiration. I'll run downstairs and. 10 minutes turns
1: into three hours man I mean it is a double-edged story because that happens but also I've been getting recalls like sometimes you know projects get behind and stuff and they're like oh we needed this yesterday and Mm. there's been times where I get recalls at like one in the morning and I like literally jump out of bed and run up here do what I have to do send it (laughs) and I'm like Dude, if I had to go to a studio to do this, it'd be a nightmare.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's so dope that you've created a space that that's high quality. Because, I mean, I'm sure your room is as comparable to any other mastering suite that's out there. right?
1: Yeah. I mean, everybody that I brought here, like, you know, definitely likes how how it is. Um, And I think
0: my work is translating way better than any time, like, outside of here. So I'm stoked. Nah, man, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, dude. I mean, um, obviously, you've been doing some great work. Uh, you know, obviously, I met you back in Bloomfield, as I said before, and, you know, straight metalhead. You know, we kind of jammed for a little bit and kind of related on that note. And uh, both were part of the music tech pro- uh, program there and CAT. And um, and I always knew you were going to do great things because you were always kind of a, a step above, um, you know, everybody else. And just in a sense, your knowledge and just your general interest, you know, like you kind Thank of seemed man. like you had experience beforehand. How did you kind of uh, get started in the game? Like, what was your initial introduction? Um,
1: when I was younger, I kind of wanted to just play guitar and be mm-hmm. this, either a touring musician or a session, uh, session musician. And one of my, so at one point my dad was like trying to hook me up with his friend at those production events. Mm-hmm. He was just kind of steering me into like, you know, you got to go to college and you got to looking maybe if you're interested in that look at some of these things mm-hmm. and his friend was like there's a studio across the street where I send my stuff I can just wow. take you there so you can kind of see what they do mm-hmm. um, and that studio was really cool it was more about post-production and the engineers there were doing a little bit of their own uh, projects um, so it was really neat because they kind of taught me a little bit you know how to use a DAW and I think they were using NUENDO back then oh, wow but, um, <laughs> wow yeah and true. But, you know, it was, like, very simple projects for me, like, start putting stuff together. Um, I really like, like, the whole using computers and doing music at the same time. Like, that, mm-hmm. there was, like, a whole tech and creative thing going on that really, like, called me at that point. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is awesome. You know, I can definitely get behind this. And I started looking into music tech and seeing what I could do on that side. And I kind of felt like, you know, if I was going to go... Study guitar or music in general, I was gonna go more towards jazz. Like, all the programs I saw were kind of aimed towards that, mm-hmm. and I was not interested in that. You know, like you said, I was a metalhead, like, I was yeah. like, you know, I can learn this by myself. I'm, yeah. I've already been playing for so long, like, sure. I, I would rather learn the production side of it. Absolutely. So, um, so I went to college, and when I was in college, that's when I started interning at Machine Shop and uh, Producer Machine and Will Pony really like, took me under the wing, and you know show me the ropes of the game and at that point the studio was getting some incredible bands so i yeah, was able yeah.
0: to you know learn on amazing artists mm-hmm. so that's always fun yeah man i mean you've worked with some really big acts there man and i, I remember the machine shop just because it was so close to bloomfield in belleville right. and um that place recently uh they closed down recently right they moved
1: right they move it they got flooded yeah, I mean, it was man. an old building. It was always filled. It with was, interest.
0: but that was kind of the the lore of it. You know, it was kind right. of just a little. It was the rundownness almost that was just so like it really, um, introduced the idea of real metal, haggard sounds, just raw recordings. I loved it for sure. You know, um, yeah, man. I think I think that just that introduction has kind of just propelled you. And um, so your move to Texas was it inspired um for your goal and goal of kind of building your own space and buying a house or it was kind of just something you said let's try a new thing not so
1: much so at that point um i was kind of working more on their machine and machine wanted to move to austin mm. so we talked about moving down here and building a barn studio um and you know i talked with will and i was like you know what i, I kind of want something different i want to you know change sceneries I hated the New Jersey winters. Yeah, <laughs> the, the dude, I'm, I'm
0: in it right now. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hear you.
1: So I was like, you know, whatever, let's go to Austin and give it a shot. And worst case scenario, I'll just, you know, be back. Um, so I moved out here and we ended up building this, the second machine shop, which was, or I guess it's the third one, um, which was, it's in Dripping Springs. It's this big open barn. We did a couple of records there. Um, and around 2015, I kind of wanted to do, to do my own thing. And I was also like, I was pretty burned out on tracking mm-hmm. bands. Um, I feel like I wasn't getting a lot of uh, my own clients and it was hard to get them over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a little frustrated and I was just like, I need something different. I want to you know, learn other aspects of the industry. Like I need to change what I'm doing. So at that point, I joined a record label that a friend of mine was like, uh opening up and so we kind of built that from the ground up and I was doing a couple of records with them at the time but it was very cool because it opened me to other places. Mm. Um so I got to do a record you know like Brighton Electric and like it was right after um what's it called? Um uh I'm blanking but it's it's this band that does drums and bass and sound mm-hmm. incredible. Okay. Uh, Royal blood so oh
0: yeah yeah i'm a big fan actually
1: right so we did a record like in their studio like a couple months after that record blew up so and i had one of their engineers i was like oh this is awesome you know i can praise these people and i kind of fell in love with that aspect again Uh, i always like mixing more so Mm -hmm. at that point i was like i'm definitely gonna start my own little mix room you know um and all the records i was mixing People wanted me to master them. There was no budget for mastering. Right. So I kind of had to get good at that, too. And Will introduced me to that um, previously. So I kind of just started, you know, getting those, those skills up. Um, and somehow that ended up clicking with a lot of people where they will just send me stuff like, hey, can you master this stuff? Can you mm-hmm. master that? And, mm-hmm. you know, I just went for it and. That opened a lot of doors
0: for sure, man. Yeah, man. You're doing television now. You're doing, uh, you know, uh, movies. Um, you just did that movie with Tom Holland. And it's yeah. it's incredible to see the things you're doing now, man. Um, you. Uh, you really touched on one important thing that I really wanted to speak to you specifically about, which is mastering in general. Yeah. Um, because I've experienced that myself where, um, especially in production, especially when mic- you're mixing, um, a budget is usually established for so many other aspects of the product of the process, you know, for mixing, right. for recording, for even post work as far as like promotion, like, you know, graphic design or videos, but it's almost like they kind of completely disregard mastering as a whole phase and it's such an important, crucial, uh, you know, process of the songwriting and development process. So just for the people who are maybe um, unintroduced to the process, what is mastering and why is it so important in, you know, you know, the process of making music?
1: Cool. So mastering kind of started as the guys that were transferring audio, you know, cutting the vinyl and getting from tape to vinyl or vice versa sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and their job kind of transitioned a little bit into figuring out that the end product was good. You know, whatever format that they were going to put out, they're the guys that are like, oh, you know what? This recording maybe doesn't sound as good or maybe needs some EQ, maybe needs a little bit of compression. Mm-hmm. And they started adding little things and little things and, um, until it became an art, right? Right. At this point, a mastering engineer kind of is the quality control of what the mixing guy did I got to make sure that translates everywhere. And I got to make sure, you know, it's loud enough for the genre. It's good enough where if I play it on my iPhone and I play it on a car stereo or, you know, on a super, um, what's it called, IMAX theater, like it's going to sound great anywhere. It's not going to be, you know, boom central or whatever. I feel like right now mastering is more important than ever because people are making records in their bedrooms. Yeah. And they're making these studios that are very small and they don't have great monitoring. A lot of people don't invest, you know, as much as you need to have a, a room that's very revealing. Mm-hmm. So you definitely need somebody that has the ears and like has a training on how to make sure that you can fix those problems before the the, the songs come out and the records come out, you know. Yeah. Um, and also feel like a mastering engineer can be your best friend as a mixer because the people that I work with, they trust me with my previous experience right. so sometimes they'll send me a mix and instead of waiting for me to fix it i can just be like hey try this trick or you know maybe your snare needs to be louder or maybe see how this is coming up in the master and how it's choking like mm-hmm. try this and see if that helps you and right. those little things that little back and forward always makes the songs better you know
0: yeah, I remember yeah. back in the day, actually, um, sending you a couple of my mixes, um, getting some tips about, you know, especially like distorted guitar and just rock production in general. And you were right. always very, um, very gracious about all the little tips and just pointing me in the right directions. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, mastering is such a, a crucial process. Um, I recorded an album, um, a little EP with my band uh, two years or uh, three years ago now. And uh, we worked with this mastering studio called Punching Dolphins out of L.A., and um and they were really dope and uh they it was crazy because as especially since i mixed it as a mixer you take it as far as you think you can get it and with you know leaving the headroom and just kind of trying to match everything across the eq spectrum and give a space for everything but then when you send it out to these mastering engineers and you send you back you realize man like My mix was like there was so much missing, you know, and they bring so much life into it. And, you know, you saturation and compression and all these different uh, tools to uh, to really enhance it. So you really appreciate, like you said, their ear and their expertise, because it's not like they're dealing with your whole track like a mastering engineer. You're really taking the final product and working with what you have. Right. You know. Um, what gear are you using right now to use it? Like, what what is your typical process of mastering, and like, how do you kind of get from A to B?
1: Um, it depends on how the track comes in. Like, it's always source dependent. But basically, I think of it in two ways. I think of it as a mix bus and then a mastering bus, right? My mastering bus is mostly in the box. Um, with my mastering chain, I'm trying to just get. Depth. I'm trying to get wide and I'm trying to get, um, you know, loud, but it's the idea is to do all that transparent. You know, I'm only enhancing what you're doing, but I don't want any color. I don't want anything to be like sticking out Um, on the mix bus side. I have an EQ and compressor. A lot of times I will just go. So I have a a night pro EQ3D, which is most people know it now as a mag EQs. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, so this was like the first, the original one, right? Yeah. Um, I have an SSL compressor that Dan Cornef built for me. Um, mm. That's killer. Nice. So I will go through that. Sometimes I can throw other plugins. Um, I like the Shadow Hills mastering compressor for color. Okay. Um, and then, you know, at that point, I just go to my mastering chain where I have like an MSEQ. Sometimes I'll have another uh, backstander EQ. I'll have uh, multiband limiters, and then I have just a brick wall limiter just to bring it to level. Hmm.
0: That's awesome, man! Wow, like so, is is the process of mastering for music and mastering for film and um, and television is it gravely different? Are you listening to for different things? Are you trying to get a different type um, of feel from it?
1: It is a little bit different. I mean, I, I always deal with music because I'm literally just working on the soundtrack. So they give right. me the music, I just give it back to them. And I'm like, do whatever you want with it, you know, mm-hmm. um, I treat it as like it's coming out on a CD or it's going to be out on, you know, stream. Yeah, it's going to be streamed or whatever they're doing. Um, the way that it's different, it's because I never know what I'm going to get
0: yeah no, i usually yeah, every time like, yeah
1: like here's here's a project you know there's a new production coming in and this is the title and i'm like cool sometimes he'll be jazz sometimes he'll be you know instrumental soundtracks i've got hip-hop i've got rock I've, you know it's it's definitely all across the board sure. so um there's been um there's been shows that come in where you know there's like no headroom and everything's like already slapped and
0: yeah. Right? Like, well, this is, right. like
1: this is this is what I got to work with, you yeah. know. And there's yeah. others where uh, like the run um soundtrack was incredible because it had so much headroom and it you know it's it's a horror movie. Mm-hmm. So you can squash that. Yeah I wanna make sure that whenever All there's that. an impact it scares you. Like that's yeah. what it's meant to do. Yeah. So it definitely, it's a different mentality and it's a different approach to how you go about it. Um, yeah, man.
0: That, yeah. That's so wild, dude. I mean, it's it's really it's really a cool thing to just see kind of how you've like evolved over time. Like, you know, social media has really allowed for that, for us to stay in contact and for me to kind of just see. Right. I remember seeing you when you were building the studio and you were kind of just piece by piece putting it together and putting up and just to see it now, it's it's so awesome, man. I'm so happy for you. Uh, Thanks, i'm really glad it's all working out um, yeah it's
1: definitely been a what's it go it's been a trip building this place and you always end up needing more insulation than you think you know <laughs> there's so any how- advances like don't cheap out that's the <laughs> one thing that's gonna make your place look like sound good
0: <laughs> oh man bro, bro, those are words for the wise don't cheap out I've, I've told many friends you know and the thing is and the thing is especially in production now and mixing like you said We are living in a golden era of technology and music, the the meeting ground of both, because we are able to do this now. We are able to build it ourselves. You know, the the gear has become more attainable for us. We are able to actually afford it and purchase it ourselves and kind of look at a room and say, what can I do with it? And um, I think that that is a big part of the reason why I have pursued what I'm doing with Canoe a lot more because spaces like this exist and a lot more people have the ability to be more independent in their creation. You know, for sure. Yeah, bro. So um as far as just like what you're doing right now and you know, working on film, or is there anything else? Obviously, you've, you know, gone across the gamut of like music production and everything. Is there anything that you still are interested in trying or anything that you're trying to pursue this year?
1: Um, yeah, I kinda wanna dip my feet more in recording bands again. Um mm. I've done you know, I've done a couple records. Uh I work with the Crowbot guys and that was awesome. I mean yeah. the you know they've always been one of my favorite bands to work with um they're some of my best friends so that's always inspiring of course um but yeah i mean i, I love to do more of that i'm always down to you know keep mastering different genres For
0: sure For i sure, haven't man. done anything,
1: i guess i haven't done anything in the classical world it's only been like instrumental uh, i see what you're saying part, you know like more contemporanean yeah I don't know. I mean, I'm open to anything, man.
0: Absolutely, man. I mean, you got the space for it. You, you know, you've built it, and they will come. You know what I mean? So you definitely have all the resources needed to do it.
1: I don't know, man. That's I feel like that's such a big lag. You think so?
0: Why so? Absolutely,
1: because you can spend, and I've seen it happen. You can spend so much money, and there's so many, you know, people that have. Incredible amount of money and like build these flash expensive places, and they don't have quality work or people coming to them.
0: Man, that's a good it's
1: point. It's all about generating your own clients and like yeah. you know working your ass off, getting good at
0: it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that is a good point. That is a good point because I've I've um I've kind of really have been investing, especially now with what I'm doing. I've been investing into just really trying to learn and appreciate the different type of setups that people are having. Um, I have a right. good friend of mine named Gio Dorican. He built a, sp- a studio in the Bronx called Note studios, it's, you know, true uh, hip hop production type of studio made a booth and everything, but it has an energy and it has a vibe and they get clients, you know what I mean? Right. And, and you have other places where people invest either too much money or not enough money into their stuff. But then they won't have the chops to even use the gear that they're investing into right you know so but that's not to discourage anyone from doing it it's just more of an inspiration to try to continue to learn the craft perfect your skill you know sharpen that blade you know
1: when that that's it like as much as you want to invest money on things like invest time in learning you know skills because the skills it doesn't matter if you're recording in a you know a tiny bedroom i mean Look, look where Phineas did the Billie Eilish record. I use
0: that example all the time.
1: That I kid remember. is pure
0: talent. Yeah, It's incredible. Yeah, I, I use that example all the time. And it, it is the reason, I've, it's so crazy you said that because I literally was talking about that the other day when uh, a friend of mine who found out what I was doing was just like, oh, well, why do you think that's going to work? And I was like, dude, Phineas produced Billie Eilish's Grammy award-winning record from their parents' bedroom. Like, it's right. it's not impossible now. And I think people need to break out of that mentality, and I think that that it's the time to do it. Absolutely, yeah, man. Um, so as far as just like I said, you, you have, you're trying to do more bands and everything like that. There's one question that I have for you, and What's it's a- it's a personal question for me because I have been eluded by the metal tone, and it okay. has it has eluded me um, through amps and different configurations and everything and I've gotten better at it over the years. But what is your recipe for quality metal tone? Um good hands. Good hands. Thank you. Exactly. Yes. I mean the best guitar players
1: I've seen, like going back to Kroba, you know, Bishop, he's that has a magic touch. I can literally switch amps on him. Like I put him through a 5150 and I put him through you know a fender Princeton or a Bassman or a JCM uh, 2000, whatever. Mm-hmm. He will change his playing to make that amp sound good.
0: Isn't that crazy?
1: Same with whatever guitar. We can do humbuckers. We can do, you know, active pickups. We can go to single coils. Like Passes he, anything. <laughs> the way that he hits the strings, the way you know, he'll play with the guitar and like he'll find where it sounds good and instinctively make it sound good. Doesn't That's matter stupid. if it's you know, whatever shitty pedal we're going through or If it's an incredible tone,
0: it's a, it's a, it's crazy thing, bro. That is so, I'm so glad you said that because I agree 100% because I have used the same amp, same tone, same chain, everything on different people, you know, and they'll just come in just my regular tone, whatever I built. And there's, it's a different sound you get depending on the person. It's so wild how that works.
1: Yeah. I mean, we can literally set up, you know, whatever amp you want right here
0: like you and I play and it will sound different. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm so glad you said that. And in 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 that is the very poetic beauty of making music is the fact that it's, you can have all the gear, you can have everything set up. You could watch every YouTube video on how did someone else did it. Your experience is unique to you and your setup and your environment. So I appreciate that perspective for real. For sure. Yeah, man. Well, dude, I am, as I said before, I am such an admirer of the work you've been doing and I'm, I wish you nothing with the best uh, with all your appreciate it. success. Um, you know, obviously we always stay in contact. A lot of great things I'm trying to do. Texas is on my route. One of the places I hope to to come and visit once canoe starts rolling out. So I will be hitting you up.
1: Awesome. For sure. Coming over. We Absolutely. Can I can't here. wait to
0: see that room. Alberto, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for coming on my show. And I really hope that our audience had some great insight from it.
1: Thank you, man. Have a good one.
0: Of course. So that's Alberto, guys. And this is our episode of the Canoe Creative Spotlight. Make sure you check him out on all the links we provided down below. Make sure you follow Canoe on Instagram and Twitter at Creatives Near You. And keep in mind that we are coming for you. We have a lot of great things coming. A lot of great news and sweepstakes and prizes and events. A lot of great things coming, so you do not want to miss out. As always, I'm your boy, Chris. Make sure you always connect, collab, and create.